The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about our church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. Good morning, church, and and thank you so much for, for joining us today as we get to continue on. We're going to be looking at the book of Micah. Uh, today. And I am so excited about this because I love the book of Micah. I really do. And hopefully you're going to see why uh, through our time together today. Uh, But I I love Micah because it's such a, it's a book of such incredible um, hope. Um, And at the same time, it's really difficult to come to Micah and not just to come to Micah, honestly, at least without just the word of God exposing sin and, and the thing I love, I love about this book is that, is that Micah reminds us so many times that there is hope on the other side of that conviction. And we're going to talk more about this, um, but I love this book. I'm excited for our time together this morning. And as we turn our eyes to Micah, um, let's start here with just a little bit of context. Um, Micah lived and he ministered right around the same time as Isaiah. So they were contemporaries. Um, around 750, 700 uh, BC. And during this time, things were not, they weren't good in the kingdom. Uh, neither the north nor the south, because the people of God had divided at this time. And, and things weren't good. And what I mean by that is that in, in the people of God as a whole had abandoned God. This is the people of God, and they had abandoned God. They had abandoned God's word. They were serving in, in many um, places serving the gods of the people around them. This is the people of God, and and yet they had forgotten this, and they had gone their own way, and they had followed their own their own paths. And um, I love I love Micah because Micah the the prophet had this incredible pulse of his people, of his community. He knew what was going on in his community. His eyes were just wide open to what was happening. He saw the injustice. Uh, He saw through things and saw them the way that they were. Micah had this discernment uh, and he spoke honestly about it in his his book. And so Micah is seven chapters long, seven chapters long. And if you were to just take it, read it all in one sitting, what you would notice is that Micah has kind of what I call three cycles in his book. Um, he has three cycles of, of, here's what it does. He does judgment and then hope. Cycle one. Cycle two, judgment, hope. Cycle three, judgment, hope. So there's three cycles of this judgment first, then hope uh, in the book of, of Micah. And, and, and I believe this book is so important for us to see that there are, here's the way we're going to look at this book. Um, there's a lot here in this book. And what I'd like to do is to look at three prominent themes that are in the book of Micah, in these cycles that I talked about. We're going to look at three prominent themes as we kind of take this book in as a 
as a whole, as we deal with Micah's message as a, as a whole. Um, and, and here are the three themes. I'm going to give them to you up front, and then we'll, we'll walk through them. So the, the three themes are these. A better leader, a better prophet, and a better city. You hear that and you're thinking, what are you talking about, Pastor? We'll get there. So a better leader, a better prophet, a better city. Um, and, and let's begin, let's just jump right in with the first one. And let's, let's talk for a minute. Let's jump into this idea of a, of a better leader, a better leader. Um, throughout the book of Micah, we get this, this idea and understanding of the leadership at the time um, that Micah was ministering. And we get this, this, this view of what was happening. And the reality is this, is that the leaders at this time were wicked. They were corrupt. They were um, idolatrous. And the most, the, the most obvious idol, as we look at this book, is the idol of, of money and wealth. They were driven by it. And, and in order to get it, Micah is very clear in, in multiple passages that we're going to look at. They were oppressing the poor. They were uh, abusive in their, in their leadership. They were selfish. They, they, uh, they would go after their own personal gain at the expense of others. This was who these leaders are. And, and so I could have picked a lot of passages throughout Micah. Um, but I think chapter 3 does this well. So I want to look at, at chapter 3 here. And, and as you're finding your place here, I, I do want to make you aware of one thing. Micah writes in Hebrew poetry. So when you hear this, don't think about English poetry where things rhyme. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. You're not going to find that in Micah. Um, but what you will find in Micah is a certain structure um, some vivid and colorful language that, that alert us to the fact that if you were able to read in biblical Hebrew, that you would see this beautiful um, uh, Hebrew poetry structure to the way uh, that Micah writes. Now, what I'm about to read to you is a great example of this because you're going to see this very vivid, very, um, very powerful descriptions and phrases that Micah uses to communicate his message. Um, in fact, let's, let's listen. Let's, let's look at this. Um, let's start right at the beginning of chapter, of chapter three. And it says this, and I said, hear you heads of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel. It is not for you to know justice is it not for you to know justice? You who hate the good and love the evil, who tear the skin from off my people and their flesh from their bones, off their bones, who eat the flesh of my people, who flay their skin from off them and break their bones into, in pieces and chop them up like meat in a pot, like flesh in a cauldron. How is that for vivid? How is that for vivid imagery here? And this is how Micah is saying that these leaders were abusing their people. They were oppressing their people. 
Um, this was Micah's indictment of the leadership. And I, I want you to hear me, church. I want you to hear me in this. Godly leadership is an incredible blessing that leads us, that leads us to human flourishing. Yet, corrupt leadership is an incredible evil that, that leads to human oppression and abuse. Let me say this again. Godly leadership is an incredible blessing that leads to human flourishing, while at the same time, corrupt leadership is an, is an incredible evil that leads to abuse and oppression. And that's what we see here in Micah. And Micah continues. Let's look at verse 9 here. It says this, Hear this, you heads of the house of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel who detest justice and make crooked all that is straight, who build Zion with blood and Jerusalem with iniquity. Its heads give judgment for a bribe. Now, I want to stop there for now. Um, but do you hear it? Do you hear what's going on here? Not only were these leaders, not only were they abusing their people, but they were using their people. They were robbing their people. They were profiting from the misery and the poverty of their people. So let's say this again. Godly leadership is an incredible blessing that leads to human flourishing. Yet, as we see in God's word and we, as we see in Micah, corrupt leadership is an incredible evil that, that leads to human oppression and to abuse. This was God's people. They were supposed to be a light to the nations, a city on a hill. They weren't that. They, they weren't that. They were being led into darkness. And, and here's the, the truth, though, and what Micah reminds us. God is not done. He was not done. There would be a judgment for their sin, yes. Um, they would face judgment. They would face um, captivity and destruction. They would face this. Assyria is coming. Babylon is coming. They would face judgment. But in the midst of this judgment, we, we, see, we see two things. First, we see the way forward. And this is probably the most famous verse in all of Micah. Um, we see this in, in Micah 6, 8. And I love this verse. I love this verse. It says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? I love the verse. I love that verse. Because leaders, you, you have not done justice. You have done injustice, you have spread injustice, you have created unjust systems, leaders. Leaders, you have not loved kindness. Um, this is the Hebrew word here, a powerful word, the word hesed here for this loving kindness. And, and this books have been written about this one single word, by the way. It is one of the most incredible words in all of Hebrew um, but it's this idea of faithful, steadfast, love, and kindness. It's the kindness that flows from a, a faithful, steadfast love. That's what hesed is. Leaders, you have not shown this, Micah says. 
You have not shown this. Instead, you have abused your people. Instead, you have oppressed them. And then leaders, you have... You, you need to walk humbly with your God. You have not walked humbly with your God. You have walked proudly away from your God and his word. This is, this is what was happening. And the way forward from this is exactly what Micah sets out before them in Micah 6.8. There is a way forward and it's to repent and to come back to the ways of God. That's the way forward. To, the way forward is to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. That is the way forward. Leaders, you have failed. But here's the reality. A better leader is coming. A better leader is, is coming. I want to read this to you in Micah. Let's jump to, to chapter 5. To chapter 5. This is another popular section of, of the book of Micah. Um, listen to this, chapter 5. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of, of Judah, from you shall come forth from me, one who is to be ruler. In Israel, a better leader is coming, church. Who, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of his name, of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. Church, a better leader is coming. A better leader is coming. Better said, I mean, better said, a better leader came. <laughs> A better leader is here. A child who would be born in Bethlehem, as Micah says, who would shepherd his flock in mercy and in justice. A better leader is coming. He would not take from his people, no church. He would give himself for his people. A better leader is coming. A better leader is here. Micah is one of the most messianic prophets of all the prophets that you will find, meaning he speaks, he points us forward to the Messiah, to Jesus Christ, um, so clearly and so powerful throughout his work and throughout his writing. In church, in the midst of corruption and abuse and oppressive leadership, in the midst of it, a better leader is coming. The better leader is Jesus Christ. And he is, I'll put it like this, he is already but not yet. Here's what I mean by this. See, Jesus Christ, he did come exactly the way that Micah had prophesied. He came and he did, he did set before us a new way. 
He laid his, his life down. He sent his spirit. Um, he is already church. He came. And at the same time, just like uh, the people in the book of, of Micah, just like the people in the book of Micah, who, would, who, who looked ahead to that day when he would come, um, when, when Christ would come, we church, we are just like them in the sense that we look ahead to that day when Jesus Christ will come again. This is our future hope. And when we look around at, at leadership who are not leading in the way of God, when we look around and we see this, when we see oppression, when we see injustice, when we see abuse, we cling to the same hope we cling to the same hope that the people of God did in Micah's time, that a better leader is here, that a better leader is coming, that the better leader is Jesus Christ. We cling to this hope until that day comes. We live and we walk out Micah 6, 8. Right? We, we live and we walk out. Until that day comes when Jesus Christ comes again, we do justice, we love kindness, and we walk humbly with our God. That's, that's, that's the way forward. That's the way we image our God. We represent our God to our world. This is the way we reflect the better leader. A better leader is coming. A better leader is here. But here's the reality. Micah doesn't stop with leaders. He's going to now move us into the prophets. Um, so I want to look at the second theme here. The second theme is this, a better prophet. A better prophet. Uh, listen, the prophets were supposed to be the ones who were speaking on behalf of God, who were the mouthpiece of God for his people. That's who the prophets were supposed to be. They were, to, they were to carry the words of God. And because of that, because of that um, their words carried significant weight. It carried significant weight. Now, I know we have a bit of a gap here because we live today, 2020, in this incredibly secular age where it is difficult for us to even wrap our minds around a world where the words of a prophet would bear uh, weight outside of the church. I get that. Um, but that was not this time. That was not this world. See, see, here in, 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 in the world of Micah, in this time, the words of the prophets, because they spoke on behalf of God, they carried a significant weight, not just for the church, not just for the temple, not just for religion, but they carried this weight in the public square. They carried weight in the public and in, and in policies and in government. It carried a, a huge weight. See, theology in practice and church and state and, and God and, and um, the secular, all of these things were intricately woven together in this time. In other words, the words of the prophets, they carried authority and weight that went far beyond the walls of the church in this time. They did. However, in this time, <sighs> that was being used for evil. That was being used for evil. Now, when it worked according to the way God intended it, 
that would have been great. See, the prophets would be able to speak truth into government leaders. They would be able to speak the truth of God to the people in a way that the people would listen and understand and, and obey. However, however, things were not happening as they were supposed to be happening. See, the prophets of this time were false. The prophets of this time were corrupt. The prophets during this time were able to be bought if the price was right. And the prophets, instead of leading the people um, in, in accordance to God's ways and God's word, instead they were telling the people what they wanted to hear. They were being paid off. Church, hear me, woe to the prophet who is more concerned with what the people want to hear than about what the Lord wants to say to his people. Woe to the prophet. Listen, listen to this. Listen to Micah's words in, in Micah chapter 3, verse, uh, verse 5. Thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who lead my people astray, who cry peace when they have something to eat, but declare war against him who puts nothing in their, into their mouths. Therefore, it shall be night to you. Listen to this, church. Without vision and darkness to you, without divination, the sun shall go down on the prophets, and the day shall be black over them. The seers shall be disgraced, the diviners put to shame. And they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer from God. Church, do you hear that? Um, you prophets who are more concerned with telling the people what they want to hear. You prophets who are no longer, you are no longer going to hear from the Lord at all. He's going to go dark. This is a huge statement. And listen to this further down, verse 9. It says this again. Hear this, you heads, you, you heads of the house of Jacob, you rulers of the house of Israel, who detest just, justice, who make crooked all that is straight, who build Zion with blood, Jerusalem with iniquity. Listen to what he says. Its heads, that's its leaders, give judgment for a bribe. And then listen. His pre, its priests teach for a price, its prophets practiced divination for money. And then Micah says, yet they lean on the Lord and say, is not the Lord in the midst of us? No disaster is going to come upon us, right? Therefore, because of you, churches take this in, Zion shall be plowed as a field, Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins on the mountain of the house, a wooden, a wooded height. You who say, God wouldn't do that. God, God wouldn't bring disaster on us. Disaster is coming. This is incredibly sad. This is incredibly sad, yet this is, this is what was happening. And the ones at the top were, were, were using the prophets. They were using them to validate and to endorse their wickedness. 
in order to give themselves this false security. And, and the prophets were, were telling them what they wanted to hear while taking their money. I'll say it again, woe to the prophet who is more concerned with what the people want to hear than about what the Lord wants to say to his people. Woe to the prophets. But in the midst of that, just like with the leaders, we see this better way forward, starting with Micah himself. Um, listen, I named, we named our son Micah. So I have a son named Micah. And um, this verse, church, that I'm about to read has been my prayer for my son since the day we named him Micah, um, since he was born. It's a big reason why we named our son Micah, this, this verse. Um, I want to read this to you, Micah. Uh, Chapter three, verse eight. Listen to this. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord and with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. Micah says, but as As for me, I know what they are doing. I know what those other prophets are doing. I know what my peers are doing and I know what they're saying. But as for me, Micah standing against the grain, standing against the grain, standing out among all of those people who had sold out. He was standing out against them and he says, but as for me. Micah was, see, less concerned about what the people wanted to hear. He was less concerned about telling the people about uh, what they wanted to hear. And he was far more concerned with the truth of God in telling the people exactly what the Lord wanted to say. That was Micah. But as for me, Micah was, was, was not concerned about his own name and with his own wealth He was more concerned with what was just and what was true. He was filled with the Spirit, as that text said, filled with the Spirit and and declared the truth of God as for me. But as for me. And through this, church, we're reminded that a better prophet is coming. A better prophet is coming. One who would come and who would stand against the grain. Um, One who would not come for the riches um, or the fame, but who would come to be the truth of God for the world to see a better prophet is coming. A better prophet is coming. One who Micah looked forward to. See, a, a prophet was, again, to be the mouthpiece of God to his people, right? That's who a prophet is. Yet a better prophet was coming. A better prophet was coming. Jesus Christ, who would not only give us the word of God, but as scripture says, is the word. The Lagos. A better prophet is coming. Not only did he speak on behalf of God, church, God came incarnate in the flesh, who would not use his position to abuse or to oppress or to take, 
But as we read in Philippians, who although was God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but instead emptied himself and took the form of a servant. A better leader is coming. A better prophet is coming. Jesus Christ, the true and forever priest and prophet is coming. A better prophet is coming. See, with Micah, we have hope. We have hope for the future because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. We, we know, we know that he came. We, we know that he will come again. We know that a better leader is Jesus Christ, that our better prophet is Jesus Christ. And I want to talk about the third theme here, the last theme, which is a better city. Uh, a better city. Perhaps the saddest thing about Micah, about all of Micah, is just to realize what could have been. To realize the potential of the people of God in this time. To be that city on a hill, to be that light, to be the light for all the nations. To, to, to just think about the potential that they had to cling to the word, to trust in the Lord and, and to see the city be, the, to see Jerusalem in all of its glory, to think about that potential and then to contrast it with the words of Micah. It's gotta be one of the saddest things that we can do as we read Micah is just to contrast that with what we know about these people through the words of Micah. Um, to contrast it with the destruction and the captivity that were coming. Let me, let me just read these words again because they're just potent. Um, Therefore, because of you, Zion shall be plowed as a field. Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins and the mountain of the house a wooded height. Uh, church, the city, the, the land, the people of God, has it, really, has it really come to this? Has it really come to this? Micah's message is a resounding yes. Yes, it, it has. Because of their sin, because of their wickedness, they will face destruction. They will, they will be devoured. Yet, as Micah reminds us and reminds them, it's not over. God is not done. God is not done. There is a way forward again. There is a way forward, starting first with Micah himself. Listen to this. It is easy to see, by the way, why I absolutely love the book of Micah. It's easy. Because no matter what is going on around him, no matter what the city is doing, regardless of what the community is doing, listen to Micah's words. This comes out of chapter 7, verse 7. Um, have just another just powerful statement. Listen to this. But as for me, Micah says, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Again, church, we have this but as for me moment here because as dark as it is, the way forward church is looking to and waiting for the Lord. That is the way forward, because hear me, a new leader is coming, a new prophet is coming, and church, a new city is coming. I want to read this to you um, 
This comes from um, chapter four. I want to read this to you about this city. Listen to this. In that day, declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame and gather those who have been driven away and those who I have afflicted. In the lame, I will make the remnant and those who are cast off a strong nation. And the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from this time forth and and forevermore. And you, O tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, you shall, to you shall it come. The former dominion shall come. Kingship for the daughter of Jerusalem. See, church, a better city is coming. A better city is coming. And again, I have to put this out here because this is another one of those um, already but not yet moments that we have all throughout scripture. This is another one of those moments here. Um, because here's the truth. Jesus did come and with him, he brought the kingdom of God down, the kingdom of heaven down. If you, if you read the gospels, you, you'll see this language in Jesus's words more than any other language. The kingdom of heaven is here. You see it all throughout. He showed us a better kingdom. He ascended and he promised to send his spirit on us. In essence, what he said is, I'm never going to leave you. The kingdom of God is here with you. The kingdom of God is here through Christ, through the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is here. Yet, church, we also stand on the hope. The hope that the kingdom of God is still to come. The kingdom of God is still to come. I want to, I want you, you don't have to turn with me here this time, um, but I want to read to you just the way all of this ends in the book of Revelation. I want to read this to you because it describes the new Jerusalem. It describes for us that new city that is coming. It describes it for us. And so listen to this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things, they have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. See, our better leader, our better prophet says, behold, I am making all things new. I am bringing a new city. And then Revelation ends with, with this. Listen to this. And I saw no temple in the city. For its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light and its lamp is the lamb. And by its light will the nations walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it and its gates shall, will never be shut by day and there will be no night there. They will bring 
into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. See, church, we, we are waiting, we await for a better city, and it is coming. It is coming, and this is our hope in Jesus Christ. Hear, hear me, church. As we read Micah, we have to realize something together. We have to realize something together. We live, church, in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. We are still dealing with bad leaders. We are still dealing with bad prophets, false prophets. We are still dealing with cities that are corrupt and that are wicked. And as we read Micah, we look to Christ the better leader, the better prophet, we look to Christ to bring with him the better city. This is our hope, church. This is our hope. As we look around today, we, uh, uh, this is not all there is. This is not all there is. Our hope is Jesus Christ. And I want to end this morning the, the same way Micah ends, okay? Um, his book. Because this is just beautiful and incredible. Because as we wait, as we wait um, on these things, as we wait in the here and now, here is what we know. Are you ready? This comes from the very end of Micah, verses 18 through 20. It says, who is like you? Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? Who He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us and he will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all, all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham as you have sworn our fathers from the days of old. What a beautiful passage of hope. Church, do you see why I absolutely love Micah? Um, as we wait for the better, as we are in the waiting, we trust our God. We trust in our God. Who is like him, Micah says. Who is like him, steadfast in love and in faithfulness, forgiving his children, delighting in steadfast love, which by the way, that's that same word we talked about earlier. That's that said. He's delighting in said that, that steadfast love and kindness, delighting in that, delighting in compassion. Who, who church is like our God? not only who is perfectly good, but who will also perfectly fulfill his promise. Every one of them. He will do what he said he will do. A better leader, a better prophet, a better city, it's coming and it's all ours. We cling to it in, in Jesus Christ, who, church, is like our God.